Well, first show in the new IWA Mid-South Arena. It's a big room and it looks good actually, it's pretty full for the nights, the night, the lights, the lights, the nights, the night, night lights, the night, the lights went out. Which is, um, it's a pretty good show actually. And, and I know about IWA and I remember seeing them when they, when they were around in their pomp and uh, Ian Rotten, who's still there, still promoting, more of him in a minute. But I remember the death matches and I was delighted to see them and all of that and shocked and surprised. And here we have two death matches to end this um, show. And they're the matches that I don't connect with at all because they're slower and I know what to expect and I've seen it before and unless you're going to push the envelope to really really dangerous levels there's nothing new but let's get back to that in a minute first of all let me take you through the matches Noah Gabriel versus Dakota Wolf actually this is all right there's some good wrestling in this Gabriel working on the arm early um Sending Dakota Wolf into the post. That's always good. Arm first. And then um, Wolf manages a power slam, even with a bad arm, which is very good. Eventually, uh, Noah Gabriel gets the um, the pin with his feet on the ropes. It was nothing special, but it was a solid opener. Blake Wright versus Pompano Joe, though, is a different kettle of Pisces. This is rather good. They, they for ages early on, they do... KGR manipulation to KGR manipulation for the nation. And then they um, they avoid each other. They add counters. It happens for at least, what, two or three minutes? Probably not as long as that. But And it doesn't seem that long. I really liked it. I really liked the way they were pushing that. Really nicely done. Some good moves in here as well. For instance, a Pompano Joe face buster, at which point Blake Wright checks his nose... <laughs> That was quite nice. Just surreptitiously. Is it still there? Is it bleeding? It hurts a bit. And then some good right kicks and a running knee off the apron. Coming straight at the camera, which is really good, actually. Pompano Joe is clearly the wrestler they want to push here. And quite right, too. He's got the moves. He's got a kind of, I'm so excited, uh, sort of steerken. He gets um, a driver. Looks like a sort of combination of a Michinoku and DVD Death Valley driver for the pin and it wasn't bad at all this match now this match continuing on lots of matches here and this is rather smashing actually it's a six man it's um was it an eight man anyway it's the difference and Stonewall versus Matt Diesel and GLFAM that's Prima Donny Donny and Piper Fell is he called when they get out, see, I, I've not watched IWA for a while, so I don't know what's going on here. There's a bloke with a megaphone who comes out with him, who's causing trouble, and he's not with him. And he's pushed back into the dressing room. I don't know who he is. But I'm sure as I see more of this, I'll realise. Diesel works well with GLFAM. GLFAM! GLFAM! And then there's a massive double axe handle off the top from Donnie. Good to see a double axe handle done well. You really get some air on it, and it's nicely done. There's a very nice... Um, Whitaker works with the difference. Um, Yakuza kick in the corner. Diesel gets a lot of good work in here, actually. Good stunner. He steps in from between the ropes and hits a stunner. 
Difficult to do when you're off balance. Very nicely done. Spike pile driver from the difference. We didn't see all of it. It looked like it was better than we saw. Saw the end of it. That looked good. But we didn't see the, all of it because the camera was somewhere else. Then there's a nasty Mishinoku driver from Stonewall on diesel. And a double neck breaker for the GLFAM pin. It was messy, but it was really very good. And we're straight into Brawler Morrison versus Congo Kong, which was a really good match because Congo Kong is supposed to be unbeatable, unshiftable, a kind of Kamala type. And Brawler Morrison is a meat and potatoes brawler. The clue's in the name, isn't it? Morrison went for him, tried to lay punches in early, with Congo thinking, I'm just going to have to put you down with every shot that he gives him in the in the early going of this. But then Morrison's back again having a go with some elbows. Clotheslines Congo over the top to his feet. Then Congo puts him in the in the front seat with a nice front row seat with a nice kick. And he's not even bought a ticket, do you know? Yeah. Then there's a sort of um, Congo belly to belly and a rolling senton, which he almost missed. And then a cannonball for a two count. They like that cannonball here. Congo Kong is a, a specific athlete. I think he's coming to Memphis. Looks like he is, or maybe it's someone who's doing a, a, a bit of a Congo Kong type shtick. Anyway, there's a very long two, and this is for Morrison. After a sort of Saito suplex. Doesn't get all of it, and then a low clothesline. But there's the Congo splash off the top. That's a thing to see, it really is, with a big man like that. And it's a good match, and surprisingly so. The next match, no. Larry D, who, is he still with Impact? I don't watch Impact anymore because it cheesed me off too much. And it used to be in IWA and and, and a bit of a, uh, a crowd favourite. Now, he's with the heel faction, Born to Die, with Jake Crist, who we'll see later on. And um, versus Insane Lane. Insane Lane is insane. I, I'm not quite sure he's on any medication or had any kind of psychological report. There's this thing, crazy Steve, you know, all of that. There's lots of prevarication when we start, uh, before we start. They battle on the outside. Larry chats with the fans. Um, Insane Lane tries to punch him, and he's instantly laid out by Larry's big punch. Yes! There's a nasty bulldog in the ring from Lane, and then Larry puts a chain round the fist, smacks him in the head. Lane is busted open. Fans want to see it. Lane then hits a falcon arrow. A bit of wrestling broke out in this match for a long two. He's so delighted with that, he doesn't see the big punch coming, and that's the pin. Not really. It was okay. Nothing special. This was better. Leo Fox versus Shane Mercer. Leo Fox apparently is his second or third match, I think the commentary team said. Shane Mercer, strong and very good in the ring as well. Fox jumps him early on. That's his only chance, really. Um, when he's grabbed, he hits an ear clap. I've not seen that for so long. Really nice. Then a T-bone suplex from Shane Mercer is very nice. He releases it, throws him. And Leo Fox is a big man. Gets a military press and throw. Again, impressive from, with such a big man. There's a slam from um, Mercer to Leo Fox on the apron. And then he picks him up for a very long vertical suplex. As if to say, I could just be here all night. Don't worry about it. Nicely done. Leo Fox coming back with what? A camel clutch! He's really retro. I do like that. 
And then Mercer throws him back as he comes towards him. Um, it kind of, it comes towards him and he sort of gives him a, a kind of belly to belly. It's a bit of a botch, but they manage to work through it. And that's really important. Now, Mercer had tried a sort of superplex move before, didn't work. This time he tries it again. It's not a superplex though. You know what it is? A moonsault with him holding onto Fox. He calls it the moonsault and battery, and it is an extraordinary move. And the move of the night. This match was a really good match. Leo Fox, for his second or third match out, knew what he was doing. Mercer, really want to watch. Great. Ah, here we go. This is an old school IWA rules match. Vincent Nothing versus Billy Tipton, who's the late alternate. Vincent Nothing beats him up through most of the match. Massive chair shot. Tipton does manage to bulldog him into a chair on the corner, which is handled very well, actually. But um, he's on the losing end of this, really. And there's a suplex onto the chairs, set up chairs. Tipton's unconscious. Vincent Nothing wins by a KO. He's got a terrible name. And there's not much to that. Next, we see Born to Die, who are the heel faction. They're hated. Yeah. Corey Storm and Jake Crist. Jake Crist is the heavyweight champion and also the light heavyweight champion. He's belt heavy. Lightweight, belt heavy. And they're fighting the Players Club. Good looking boys, Lucas Jacobs and Tyler Matrix. So you can see how this is working. At one point, Born to Die tease, throwing him into the front row. Fans scatter, then they don't do it. <laughs> Throw him back in the ring, only to be jumped on by, um, by the Players Club. Yeah. There's a very nice double move where there's a flip from Born to Die onto the knees of um, in the corner and then the foot stomp for a long two. Of course the belt gets involved eventually and Born to Die hit their spiked tombstone which they do very well actually for the pin. It was a fast paced matchup, it's a bit messy, there wasn't much to it. And now we get something which I WA Mid-South were always very popular for. Bring the weapons match. I mean, fans bring the weapons, but I didn't see anything being used. Earlier on, somebody's walker was grabbed, but that was a different matter. I'm not sure if the fans have bought the weapons and they're in the, the ring, but they were mainly light tubes and a barbed wire bat, so I don't think people would be doing that with them. Maybe the fans do that and they say, don't worry about bringing weapons, we'll, we'll get the light tubes for you. I'm not sure. And it's Ludark Shaitan, who, who is a, a female wrestler, versus JC Rotten, who is Axel's son, um, who is um, Ian's son. Axel's a different matter, Ian's son. Now, because Ludark is masked, it's not ideal when you're cutting people with things. You don't, unless they're gonna bleed through the mask, you don't really get the chance to, there is a little bit of forehead there, but you really have to be quite accurate, to be honest. Early on, they fight with light tubes, as we thought, the best spot of this was when Ludark hit um, JC Rotten with a banana. You heard me with a banana. Generally, you're going to get bats and light tubes, and we've seen it before, really. They put lots of light tubes on two chairs. There's an Alabama Slam type thing to um, JC Rotten from Ludark Shaitan, who shows great ability and great um, will to have a death match and great strength as well. So puts him through the tubes for the pin. I didn't enjoy it. I've seen him before. It's happened loads of times. 
And then Ian Rotten, who can be quite emotional, tells us how difficult it all is to be a promoter and how how much money people wanted to build a dressing room and things. And then bigs up his son, says, how wonderful, you're not the son of a plumber, but you're the son of a promoter, how wonderful he is. And I suppose it's sweet. And people are chanting IWA, but... It's, it's all right, but... Um, yeah, let's get on to the main event, which is the rejects, John Wayne Murdoch and Sartu versus Kevin Geezer and Dale Patricks, who are the Tag Team Champions. This is for the Tag Team Championship, but it's not a catch-as-catch-can match. This is a no-rope, barbed-wire, electrified light bulb death match. It is, yes, and that makes it a little bit difficult to watch, to be honest. I mean, what you get are, you know, the light tubes over the head like we've seen before. It is quite nice that you get the... Um, this is when the lights go out, of course. So you get the big bulbs, which do burn. Early on, they don't do enough burning, really. They just smack each other over the head with them. Later on, which is quite nice, Giza gets burned in the armpit. Um, well, he gets, the, he gets the bulb in the armpit, whether it's burning or not, I don't know. The commentators are saying it does. Of course they are. And then in the mouth, which is interesting, then it gets cut with some kind of cleaver, which is... Yes! Yeah. Um, to stop a pin... Some barbed wire is pushed into the chest. It's quite nice. There's a bulldog on the chair. Then a door with a handle on it comes in. And immediately, there's a choke slam on that handle, which is all very nice. In the end, it's, um, it's Kevin Geezer and Dale Patricks holding on to the titles with a pile driver on a set-up chair. And that's it. There's some good wrestling in this, actually. And the crowd are hot. But the death matches are what I'd seen before. And that's a problem. I don't know what you can do with death matches. We, we've kind of had everything we can. Unless you're going to put people in extreme danger, you can't go any further with it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these were just not great death matches, but I have seen all this before. The wrestling, though is something I'd like to see again. Ta-ta.